Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. So it's really easy to just spot off your opinion on social media and feel like you've done your day's work in social justice and then carry on and not care about the day-to-day battles of us. Um, and and I'm, when I say us, in this case, I'm talking about Black students at Southern Adventist University. You're listening to Absurdity with Ryan Becker, the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything. From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to absurdity. Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out Absurdity. This is episode number 23, addressing racism at Southern Part 2. And today we are going to be featuring another student from Southern Adventist University who is going to share her perspective on what happened at Black Christian Union Night uh, regarding the racist incident uh, and uh, slur that was shared on social media. If you have no idea any information about that, go ahead and Click back one episode to episode number 22 with Philip Warfield. He is the Student Association President at Southern, and he came on to share his thoughts as well. Uh, We go over it a little bit in detail on this episode as well, so you can go ahead and listen forward through uh, our interview with this week's, or this episode's guest, Joelle Kenyana. And I'm hoping I'm saying her last name right, because I just realized that I've literally never heard it said out loud. And so, Joelle, if you're listening to this, I'm very sorry if I've said your name wrong. Uh, Please, please forgive me. But I am super excited to hear her perspective on what happened, and um, I believe that it's really important for us to listen to those on the inside. I am an alumnus of Southern. I graduated a few years ago. I'm no longer on campus, and so when things happen at that school, I'm no longer in a position where me personally commenting on it really means much of anything because I'm so far away. And so I'm really grateful for a platform like this podcast where I can reach out to people that I know and I can gain their perspectives and give them a platform to share their voice. So you're going to really, I hope you really enjoy Joelle's perspective and opinion. And I want to kind of give the same disclaimer that I gave for Phillips, which is that she is a student first. Uh, she's a human being first, really. Then she's a student. And this, the entire purpose of this episode series, of this two part episode series, is to share the perspectives of people on the inside. So I've tried very hard to keep my own personal opinions out of it, 
Um, I've tried very hard to keep my own perspectives kind of on the wayside and just allow these individuals to speak for themselves. And so I just want to encourage you as you listen to this, uh, as you listen to these interviews, that you would not listen in order to pick something apart or to attack her, but instead listen to understand and empathize, uh, listen to learn. I think that is the best way that we can move forward as we um, as we listen to other people's perspectives and we um, we seek to be better listeners when it comes to conversations like this. I am very grateful for this opportunity. Um, I'm very grateful for Joelle for coming on. You might notice there might be just a little bit of sound in the background. She actually uh, stepped out of a get-together with friends in order to record this, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, so I apologize just in advance if you hear any sort of weird background noise. That's why. Also, if you hear some extra echo in my voice, I'm actually currently recording this in a cabin in the middle of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I am visiting some friends out here, and of course, I had to bring my podcasting gear, but I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to miss an episode. I didn't want to miss a chance to connect with with all of you. So I'd really hope you enjoy this episode of Absurdity. I hope that you enjoy Joelle's perspectives and opinions, and and I hope that you can learn something from them. And just like last episode, uh, I'm going to just let this interview play out, and once it's done, that's going to be it for the episode. I'm not going to have any um, post-interview reflections or anything like that because I don't want this to be about me. But because of that, I just want to let you know of a couple things right before we jump to Joel. First and foremost, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please, please, please leave a review. Reviews help us. Um, we used to have a duplicate listing. Now we don't, so I lost some of the reviews um, that were on the duplicate listing that iTunes has since erased. Um, so if you've already left a review before, please go back and leave another review uh, because I've lost them all. Uh, secondly, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan180Becker, or you can email me ryan180becker at gmail.com. If you have comments, questions, concerns, or just feedback for the show, feedback is how I get better at doing this. And so I appreciate every single bit of feedback that I get. Uh, and lastly, I do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. So if you want to donate, if you want to help out what I'm, what I'm doing and you, you believe in what I'm doing with absurdity, I would really appreciate even just a dollar. Um, every dollar goes back into this podcast and helping to make it um, a better experience for everyone involved. So, and all of our listeners and, and anyone who will come on the show, even as a guest. So thank you guys so much for listening and supporting up to this point. And I really hope you enjoy our conversation, our conversation with Joel Kenyatta. One more thing before we make the final jump. Just so you know, and I want everyone to know about this, there's a ministry that I work with called The Haystack. If you want to head over to thehaystack.org or thehaystack.tv, you can head on over there. This month for Black History Month, uh, Andrew Ashley, a really good friend of mine, has been working incredibly hard to release a film series that is called The Wound, all about addressing racial injustice and racial reconciliation that has happened um, or needs to happen in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it dives into history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and of racism in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if you want to learn more about our history and realize that we had racial issues even as close to 30, 40 years ago that were incredibly significant um, as far as uh, the way that we treated black people and the way that people were excluded. So go on over to thehaystack.tv or thehaystack.org or even the Haystack's Facebook page and go check out that film series. Part one is up now on, I'm recording this February 10, but 
Uh, part two will release a little bit later this month. And so it's, I think, a four-part series. But go ahead and check that out. I think it's an awesome, awesome film so far. And I'm really excited and glad that something like it exists. And I wanted to plug it here so that everyone has a chance to go check it out. All right. Now, I promise not to keep you anymore. Here is Joel Kenyatta. Hey guys, I am here with Joelle from Southern. Uh, Joelle, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Hi, first of all, super honored to be on your show. This is exciting. Um, I've lived in college jail for 12 years. So uh, my background is I'm Joelle and I'm pretty much from college jail, except my parents were born in Burundi. So I'm 100% Burundian and I'm a third culture kid because I was born in Ghana. So pretty, pretty wide range of, um, I guess, my heritage and background, but pretty much a college girl. Go to Southern. It's my fourth year. Yep. Awesome. Um, now, I, I think you were at BCU night, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love for you to go ahead and share with us what happened uh, during BCU night from that you know about. Okay. So what happened at BCU night? was a wonderful show of black excellence. At least that's all I thought it was. It was pretty late, I'm not going to lie, but when they did deliver, everything was excellent. Wonderful food, amazing skits, um, a lot of expression, a lot of free expression. Um, we chanted, yes, we can. We had a little Kings and Queens parade, which ended with a depiction of Barack and Michelle, I guess, by students. And we felt that in our spirits. Um, we we listened to fables from Jamaica and learned stories. And it was like a magical, powerful, empowering night celebrated Black art. And uh, and a little highlight, Dave Smith, he, he is our president. He played a British colonial power in the skit too. So I was like, wow, what a powerful, what a powerful night. Um, but uh, the next day I like wake up super late, go on Twitter and turns out that uh during that time in the beginning uh somebody showed up to bc unite and posted a picture right in the beginning um to a snapchat story that says happy n-word day and apparently that's what took over everybody's discourse on what happened during bc unite so Mm. um what were uh, what were your personal thoughts and 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 kind of personal reaction to um to that posting and to, and to that Snapchat post? You know, I was so late in seeing um the post that I didn't really get to react because everybody on the internet had already reacted to it <laughs> by the time I saw it. So I was reacting to everyone's reactions mm. actually. Uh, so that I guess we'll. Yeah, that's basically basically my my reaction when I saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when when you do see something like that happen at, at an event like that, how does that actually just how does that make you feel? Um, you know, it's it's frustrating, but the overt like racist things are really easy for administration or someone to take action and discipline. The things that really frustrate me are the microaggressions that uh, demonstrate that people's hearts haven't changed yet. Mm. I'd be like, that's racist. That's wrong. Any racist person could say that's racist. 
a post like that, in my opinion, okay? I might not be the majority opinion, but for me, those things happen and it makes me very angry and it's disrespectful to our beauty and our culture. But um, the things that that feel that really irk me personally are like the microaggressions that are on a day-to-day basis, minute by minute, it seems. Absolutely. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely understandable. Um, those are a lot harder to uh, deal with um, because they're harder to pinpoint um, from an objective, like administrative point of view. So I can get that. Um, so racial injustices, racial issues on, on Southern's campus has been something that's really kind of um, plagued its history. Um, it's not necessarily something that I, in my in my four years at Southern, um, there are very few times that I saw something like really, really overt, like, like what we saw at, at BC Unite this last week. Um, but there were a lot of microaggressions that I did witness. Um, there, there is this kind of, um, racial injustice culture because of that, um, at Southern, but it's, I don't say that as like a blanket criticism because I love Southern. I went to Southern. Um, my question to you is what are some ways that you think Southern has improved in its handling of those issues on its campus? Well, I think Southern hadn't been challenged for a while in dealing with these things. So that explains a lot of why things are the way they are. Um, But then Southern got super diverse. Like I said, I've lived here for 12 years. So it's been the last five years maybe where Southern has been as diverse as it is. So, uh, as a result, you just naturally, uh, I don't even, I w- okay, let's say this. Southern has had to deal with it and address it now because it's too, there's too strong of a minority group who have a great sense of self <laughs> and believe that they have value. So, um, because students have demanded a little bit more, um, Southern has, and things have happened. And with the help of social media, administration has had to apologize for things, had to utilize their diversity committee. But I will say that it does feel to me like Southern's improvements. Sometimes it feels less like a change of heart towards these things and more just like they've had to react as a PR issue but there have been um new figures at southern like president dave smith he seems like he genuinely cares um and and our senior pastor at college Hill church too so they've they are really trying to listen more yeah great um are there any other ways that you think um they have or is that like is that kind of your main focus for right now which is fine. I mean, they've listened more, but there are certain things that like they haven't done yet as an administration that uh, that makes me not necessarily feel like a lot has like they've done a lot. But one thing I will say that's um, more obvious as a change is that we've been able to express ourselves so much more freely. Mm. Like BC Unite, nobody came to shut us down and say, y'all are enjoying the music too much. Stop moving your bodies. Mm. Um, we were able to express, yeah, we believe in Black Lives yeah, Matter. Yeah, exactly. Our lives matter and people don't see that. And we said the chant at the end of the night, that was powerful. And nobody was like shutting us down. I'm sure people were uncomfortable, but nobody silenced us from the jump and gave us a long list or a long letter about how that might be insensitive. So 
that's like the biggest change that mm. I've seen. It seems like we were able to express ourselves more, but systematically, um, on like an actual administrative decisions, um, there's still a lot of room for improvement. I'm not gonna. No, lie. I'm I'm with you. Um, and and I'm not, um, I'm not trying to paint Southern as this like blissful place. Um, I just um want to make sure that we. Um, that you're able to say as much as you want or feel you need to say. Um, so given that, and given that, yeah, there is a lot of room for Southern to improve in this. Um, what are some things that you would like to see happen in the future from Southern's part to, uh, uh, to make improvements in this area? Okay. The biggest thing is simple. We need a diversity office or a VP of diversity. UTC has it because there's 75% white there. Um, you, Andrews, that was what they demanded when they had things go left we just need that in a business corporate environment. Okay. Um, if a corporation does something wrong, um, the government finds them and they can't necessarily send the business to jail. So one of their biggest punishments, I guess, for an infraction is they send in an ethics officer, someone who will monitor things and make sure things are better. And that's their specific job. Southern has had incidents happen over and over again. And um, students, at least on a day-to-day basis, feel maybe curbed by faculty deans of the residence halls and as a result like it's obvious like southern like you're a school in the south and you're also supposed to be a christ-loving environment get a someone who's an expert on this to handle the situation make that a priority and put that in your budget please that would be wonderful we would be so grateful for that um and then honestly everything else that i need needs to happen um everything else that needs to happen it needs to happen like on a heart to heart level. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you, can you elaborate just a little bit in case there's a listener that doesn't quite track with that? Understand that. Okay. So the difference between Southern and like a regular corporation is that Southern is a seven day Adventist school. That's the reason why a lot of people were especially outraged by what happened. Like this is supposed to be a Christian school, but, and yes, so that's, 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 thing that's the center of all of this like my thing is that whenever something like this happens or anybody speaks in a way that demonstrates that they don't love someone as Jesus told them to love someone that they don't see their brother and sister as their brother and sister it's a salvation issue white supremacy is a salvation issue so when you cling to such thoughts it could distance you from Jesus because it's so far from the way Jesus sees humanity absolutely um, so if for real change to happen, in my opinion, like we're talking about the love of Christ entering our hearts, but that's tough love. Yeah, I'm not here to say like, just love, love, love racism away. No, I'm saying that as a result that this is a salvation issue, um, we need to remember that and address all such matters in, in such a way. Yeah, there's, there's a uh, spiritual and religious aspect to this because of who Southern, because of what yeah. Southern is. So, um. Yeah, definitely on board with that. Um, so let's talk about, and, and you you kind of brought this up because you reacted the next day or you saw the reactions the next day. Um, what are your thoughts on the outrage that followed on social media? So the so like I said, what happened at BCU night to me was so incredible and different from anything else I'd ever experienced as a black woman at Southern's campus and in a positive way, in such a powerful way where we had like, you know, these leaders there waiting, I'm going to expose us. We were late two hours to start the show. They waited two whole hours 
let us do our thing. A lot of magic, a lot of celebration, right? So to see the reactions, um, I was overwhelmed. And then I realized that people weren't reacting to what happened at BC Unite that night. People were reacting to their experiences at Southern as a whole all added up. And so then I understood the hurt and the pain, but the way that the their reactions were channeled, um, they were all channeled to this one incident, right? So then it was misplaced, in my opinion, when, well, not even misplaced. Let's see. A lot of Southern students who experienced BC United and experienced more expression in general this semester than ever, um, we saw this guy do something so ugly and said, this is so disgusting. This is a problem. But like before everyone goes up in arms, last night was incredible too. And I wish everybody could hear the poems and hear all the beautiful things that happened because it was awesome. And people um, who go to other schools and I, I yeah, go to other schools, other, other Adventist brothers and sisters in Christ who love us and care about us are like, whoa, you should be more mad. Why are we talking about like this being like an isolated situation in a, in the context of a, a great event when Southern has a racism problem and y'all should be mad and y'all are complacent. And so it was a little crazy. <laughs> and so, um, and then people went on to attack our essay president who had done the most in enabling us to have free expression and and speaking on behalf of us because he was like, Hey, yo, this happened. But most of like this year has been a great improvement from past years. Mm. Um, and, and, but because those people from other schools were thinking back on their experiences and their hurt, which is so valid because we experience on a day to day basis, they were upset that he was like positive and optimistic about things. People, some people even just reacted with like a couple words, like, wow. Like he, Philip, Philip talked about togetherness and they were like, oh, you're, you're, you're not, you're not mad enough. Like, mm. and that to me was so unchristlike because you're saying that as a Christian institution, we should have that Christ-like standard, but then your reaction was not at all Christ-like. And so that really bothered me more <laughs> than even the, the mean guy, because if you have, if you're in a blatant racist, like you have a problem, but if you're smearing the lines between like righteous indignation and uh, straight up like you're starting to sound a little hateful then it's harder to fix that problem and it will counteract any progress that we're trying to make mm. so it wasn't yeah it was <laughs> i was really um saddened to see what people were saying i'm okay yeah like yeah i don't know i i could talk no, on, no, that's on fine. um um and I, okay. no, no, and I, I understand that that's really hard, especially when um, it seems like there's there's so many parts of this issue um, and it's it can be kind of difficult to nail down where to direct the outrage. Uh, and so uh-huh. it makes sense that um, that in seeing all the different directions that outrage was being flung um, and being thrown, uh-huh. um, that there are some of those that you would have you would have had that reaction to. So I can I can understand that. Um so in talking about reactions to stuff like this, um, 
are there any types of reactions that you would caution against that you would say, Hey, we probably shouldn't react this way. First of all, the react, um, social media means for just already a, a specific awareness to the way you react, because when it's on the internet, you can just see something that's so uh, blatantly wrong and write your paragraph and say that we have issues and feel really good about yourself because you used your voice, right? Um, which, if you're not weighing what it all means, remember, this is all online. You don't know about the environment. You don't know about, like, people's day-to-day experiences and stuff like that. Like, you have to remember that your little moment of, like, social justice hero um, might not even be accurate to the situation. Mm. Um and then, and furthermore, what we really, really, really want is people who care about us and show us concern on a day-to-day basis and who actually want to do the systematic work. Systematic injustice requires systematic work. So um, just think about your reaction. Think about the place that it's coming from and think about whether or not um, you're doing your part in the talk on a day-to-day basis. I'm talking about the issues that really, really permeate society and will hurt us. I'm talking about schools um, and the perpetration of, of, of these horrible societies through the school systems. Um, I'm talking about poverty and, and not just poverty. I'm talking about just access to homes and women in business, but that stuff takes hard work. So it's really easy to just spot off your opinion on social media and feel like you've done your day's work in social justice and then carry on and not care about the day-to-day battles of us. Um, and and I'm, when I say us in this case, I'm talking about black students at Southern Adventist university. Mm. Right. Um, second of all, a lot of their reactions were um, to to be mad at Southern students for for feeling positive about the the things getting better at Southern, I guess. And to me, that that was that was wrong because, uh, like I said, the number one thing that uh, we're demanding is Christ-like love for brother and sister. And so when you say y'all just need to leave southern go to oakwood i'm gonna say the name (laughs) for me that's not brotherly love at all because if you do have any concern for for your brother and sister about whether or not they're going to heaven because this is what it's a question about you would dare to interact with those people who might need to learn from just loving dialogue like that's the that's the best way that i've ever been able to reach hearts but we can't isolate ourselves and then expect that um these people will learn anything mm, you know definitely it's a higher education um environment so that was another thing that like i would caution about when you're talking about your reactions like you can't just tell us to isolate ourselves um and you can't pick on us <laughs> because they're telling us oh this place is so bad for you but what if they're, the way that they really criticize some of their, the students who just like were optimistic um, about their work because they're actually doing work on the ground on a day-to-day basis, they did not do anything to make us feel safer either. Mm. <laughs> like they did not do anything to lighten our gotcha. load. Um, yeah, so no. you need to be proactive. And that's what Philip Warfield is. He's been talking all the time, fighting 
and he knows what he's up against. It's a lot of work. Like I said, <laughs> you need to be proactive instead of reactive. That's overall what I would say about your reactions to things. Yeah, and I would I would actually remind anyone at this point, um, we released an interview with Philip uh, just a few days ago, uh, just before this episode. So if you want to hear about some of the things he's been proactive about and some of the things that have been happening at Southern from his perspective, you're welcome to go check that out. It's just the last episode before this one. Um, so now on the flip side of that, what actions or reactions do you want to encourage and see more of? Right. So yeah, I guess the whole proactive versus reactive is, is, is the, is what I would say matters. Um, so you're concerned about your brothers and sisters at Southern Adventist University, a school in the South. Um, how much do you dialogue with them on a day-to-day basis about their day? Like maybe let them vent, maybe even come to Southern and meet a couple of their classmates, um, have some conversations, uh, just be their friends and show them love and, and um, be the friends of the Black students at Southern as well and show them love and lighten the load. And then, I don't know, I I want us to to weigh our words more, <laughs> pray about our, our reactions and like, mm. remember like, this is a salvation issue. And when I say it's a salvation issue, white supremacy is a salvation issue. It's not the white, just the white supremacists. But it could also be you in response to white supremacy. That could tear you away from God. Where you start to... Hmm. I don't want to put anybody down because I understand. But you just have to be careful that, that you don't you don't become the person that you hate. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the people on social media were as bad as white supremacists. No way, Jose, but <laughs> we're all here to to make the world a better place. So we, we have to have a set of high standards for ourselves if we're going to expect it for society. Absolutely. Black excellence. So I love Oakwood. I love the fact that people feel absolutely free to live their lives. I love that at Andrews, even though they still have problems, you could find, I am a Burundian woman. I could find a group of Burundian people. That's crazy. You cannot do that here. (laughs) I could only exclusively hang out with Burundian people and be myself. But then um, at some point too, there is necessary work to do. And it's not just with white people at Southern. My like actual overt experiences have actually not been with specifically white Americans. Um, I'll just stop. It with that so just the conversations are so necessary we cannot isolate ourselves we just need to make some friends and be willing i know the burden is heavy but be willing to get uncomfortable just a little bit and help someone see things and i'm telling you it's effective like and you know what the best part about helping someone get woke not that that's necessarily goal. you're supposed to you know love everyone but when you have white people that are woke that means you don't always have to answer the questions about your hair <laughs> and about <laughs> and about um you know why why are we so mad at what someone said like it, it lightening it lightens the load it's it's worth it like it's worth it and it's a salvation issue above all yeah absolutely and 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 i think um and and maybe you can correct me on this when you say salvation issue you know you're not saying that um, you are automatically not saved or you've lost salvation because you behave a certain way necessarily. Oh, yeah. Let um, me make sure I'm saying my words yeah. right. No, 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 no. I'm saying this to clarify because I yeah. know that it's easy for people to try and pick apart things. Um, right, it's right, not, right. What, what you mean it to me 
when you yes. say salvation issue is that it is something that negatively impacts your relationship with God and absolutely exactly. can pull you away if exactly. you let it run your life. Exactly. Um, so that, that I just want to make that if clarification. you let it run your life. Yes, because we all have, you know, because of life, our ignorant points or whatever, society, sociology, whatever. So just because, you know, someone in the 1800s thought that someone was inferior, like that's all they heard in their lives, but then they strive to love God a little bit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. They might still go to heaven. (laughs) They they could be in heaven. You know, Um, I understand like God meets us where we are. So I won't say that, but in this day and age with all that we have access to at this point, if you choose to see someone that Jesus would have died for if they were the only person on earth because we share 99.9 of the same percent sorry of the same DNA mm. because God loves us equally and there's really like most of our differences are arbitrary when it comes to biology like yeah. and then you see that person as less than you're really 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 testing your understanding of who Jesus is because God is, it doesn't just love us. God is love. Like that's his mm-hmm. entity. So in this same age, I really question how many excuses <laughs> one no, could no. have about not loving their brother and sister as much as Jesus would want you to love them. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. Um, let me ask this now. Um, we've talked about students from other campuses and things like that. Um, how can those outside of Southern's campus, so people like me who are alumni or people just general Adventists or just people in the community, um, how can they help Southern um, fight against these issues or how can they help to fight against these issues, period? Um, listen to us, number one. I have a lot of little conversations on Twitter and um, the responses sometimes like I'm, I'm typing things out so you don't have to record me and go back and re-listen to what I said to make sure I said it right. Like literally on paper, people would miss, miss word what I said so far off from what I actually said. Um, so like just some healthy listening is great, but um, put pressure on maybe even like alumni relations be like listen we are young we want things to be better but i don't know if we can give to the southern unless you know things improve and our people feel safe (laughs) i know that sounds like a threat but i think that would be that's fair that's absolutely fair money does talk money talks and um you want people to feel at a place where they they can prosper and thrive so like be at a place where they can prosper and thrive. And students from other campuses, yeah, listen to us. Show up at some of these events too. That would be really cool. Come visit Southern. Come check it out and um, see why students do choose to come to Southern um, in spite of its history um, because there's some awesome programs that it only Southern has. And just because there are some racist people here doesn't mean we don't deserve to experience academic excellence or maybe some people get scholarships um, mm. and that's why they're at Southern. They deserve to be a Southern and thrive there too. Come yes. experience it and, and then have some sympathy for us. And then I think um, then also have a maybe a better understanding of what needs to happen in order for things to change. So that um, when we say, hey, like this is our struggle, like 
you will understand it and um, and and be willing to work with us with with what what we feel like needs um, to be to be addressed. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much, Joelle, for coming on and for talking about this. And for sharing your perspective, um, I just as we kind of close out here, are there any final thoughts, encouragements, or anything else that you want to add? No prompt, just this is what you want to say before we close out. Oh my! I mean, when it comes down to it, like, like I, 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 I say this over and over again: Black people, people of color, are tired, like physically, emotionally tired. And, but it's not, it's not a cause that we should abandon because we are so tired. Um, Southern is God's school. Like Southern Adventist University was ordained by God. And just because humans are running it doesn't mean God doesn't want his kingdom to be manifested here on earth. The only way that we can do that, as hard hard as it is, is if we had a little bit of love for even our enemies. That's as biblical and as Christ-like as it gets. And in that way, the way we address things will will actually make a concrete difference that's actually effective more than in, um, legislative changes or administrative changes. And then second of all, I just hope that like people just listen to us right now. <laughs> Mm. I'm not even asking, um, you know, uh, us to listen to other people. We do need to learn, of course, but like, please listen to us at this point. That's just what we're asking, at least for February, the shortest month of the year. Um, listen. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate this. I've learned a bit as well. And I'm really, I'm really happy to have perspectives from inside campus. I'm not there anymore. And I love Southern. I went there for four years. I absolutely loved my time there. And so to see the pain that is coming from that camp, from within that campus, um, it really bothers me. And I know that I don't have, I'm not in a place anymore where I get to just personally speak on this stuff because I'm not there. So it's really helpful to have perspectives like yours. Um, and I just want to encourage you as you continue um, in college jail. And as you continue at Southern, um, don't give up. Uh, and thank you so much for your friendship and for sharing your life with me. I have learned so much from you and I am so grateful, um, to call you a friend. Oh, I'm so grateful to call you a friend. Thank you for your encouragement. You are the only reason people like you are the only reason why, um, people who feel marginalized keep going. They have support and they have love. That, that's everything. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, Joel, good luck in your studies this semester and um, continue on. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, Go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.